Kia ora e te and welcome to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building. Join us as we delve into personal stories about inspirational career journeys for people in design and construction, as you too build your own story. Hi, I'm Tommy Honey, and I'm very excited today to be here with Gazelle Moinfar and Stacey Mendonca, two powerhouses in the Wellington construction industry. I think I might like to start with you, Stacey. Perhaps you can give us an idea of uh, um, what you're doing right now and how you got here. Well, I'm a I'm a QS. I'm based on site, um, and how I got here is a really convoluted road with lots of different experiences. I'm lucky to have that. Um, I've just been with an SOE at Transpower, looking at um, the electrical sector, which was brand new to me. And prior to that, I was with Pacific Doors, becoming a um, door expert. I, I did notice the acoustic doors as we walked into the sound studio <laughs> and uh, had a look at those. Um, but my background is estimated and QSing mainly um, for a main contractor and that was with Fletcher's um, for most of my career really. And was that on site as well or was that? No, that was a mixture. Um, My most favourite time was on site and actually with Gazelle. Um, But, you know, people have to get back into head office and estimating is run out of head office. So I spent the majority of my career in head office doing what I do. But my best memories are definitely the stuff that we did on site. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yep, I am always 100% uh, feeling more at home when I'm on site. And so, Gazelle, tell us where where you're working right now and and, uh, and your journey so far. Uh, I am a uh, construction project manager at Auraki Construction, uh, currently working on um, a development on the corner of Vivian Street and Victoria Street, 61 townhouses. And I suppose my uh, career journey, I started uh, after school, went to architecture school. And once I got to the end of my third year, my dad suggested to me that I should go and uh, work for a construction company over the summer and I started working for Fletcher's in the summer holidays. So the first job was uh, the job that Stacey was on, which is the Wellington Hospital. So around a sort of a, it was a huge job, obviously, about $350 million and maybe um, around 300 people on site at all times. So it was a pretty um, great place. So that was when I first started to get really engaged by the idea of construction and then while I finished off um, years four and five at architecture school, I was going back there uh, to the hospital and working there as much as I could, um, juggling that and, and schoolwork. And when I graduated, I stayed on at Fletcher's, did a cadetship through there, and we spent about 10 years at Fletcher's before I had my first child. And then I um, took about a year off and then rejoined construction, took another year off and I had another child and went to work at Somerset doing some design management work and that was uh, working in an office for two years which was really good Um, and for me at the time it was great because I was juggling having a a, must have been a two-year-old and a three-year-old and then when the kids got a little bit older they're four and five now I decided to get back into construction and uh, get back to site which is what I really enjoy. 
I have to know, I want to ask this now, about that moment when your dad said, oh, why don't you go, work? was it a holiday job? At, um, it was. Yeah, and, um, and how did you have to, was it advertised? Did you have to ring up? or? No, my dad um, is an engineer and he happened to be working with Fletcher's on a project and said, hey, do you want to take this 20-year-old <laughs> for the summer? And I rocked up to the construction site, had no idea what I was doing and... Um, and what did they have you do when, in those, that early part of it? So on the first few weeks, I was set up on a job, which is um, number one, Featherston Street, the um, IRD building. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was still in the ground, so um, it was piling that was being done, and I was um, helping sort through all the documentation that was coming through. And so that was quite daunting for me because was, there was not many people on site, but it was all ground work and foundations. And I remember the day that a um, crane came in to lift a female portaloo onto the site. So that one was for me. <laughs> um, and then a few weeks of that, then I moved across to the Wellington Hospital because the project manager that was on uh, number one, Featherston, was also at Wellington Hospital. And that's when I got into the real fold of a huge construction site. Uh, so it was good. It was really enjoyable. Uh, great people. Uh, many of those who I still stay in contact with today and work with today. That's great. Was it? I think it's a great story. I, after my first year at architecture school in Auckland, I, the, the world used to be a lot, lot different before there were smartphones. I came home and had a day off, and then my parents said, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I'll get a job. And so I just picked up the yellow pages and just ran construction jobs and said, oh, can I give a job? No, can I have a job? The third phone call, they said, sure. You know, university, yeah, okay, architect, yeah, okay. Start Monday. Six o'clock, seven o'clock. was like, okay. You know, so the whole employment world and even construction in those days was very sort of um, casual and, and quite frankly, dangerous. There's some things I saw I never want to see again. I'm interested to know how you actually took the cultural thing of being on construction, not just as, uh, um, as say, a woman, but also as a student, which people aren't always that kind to, in the building industry, aren't always kind to students, you know. How did it go for you? Um, you know, I think certainly at Fletcher's had a really inclusive culture and were really encouraging of students and apprentices. And so I can honestly say that I never had any trouble there, that people were so willing to show me what they knew and show me the ropes and include me in things. Um, because I was studying, I was in and out all of the time. So I would run there after classes on a Tuesday and a Thursday and on a Saturday or something. So I was in and out all the time. But I I think certainly on that site, um, everyone was super encouraging of me as a student. And I, I, I've kind of always said that on a construction site with all the subcontractors, um, obviously there's a huge amount of men there. The ratio is quite out, but everyone's got a daughter or a wife or, you know, a sister. And I, I found certainly in, in that role and on that project that people were really encouraging towards me. And it was, it was great. I learned a lot about uh, construction. And did it make much of a difference first day back at architecture school in your fourth year because of, you know, what you'd seen and witnessed and experienced? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of uh, aha moments when I was on site. Um, I remember I had been, um, I mean, third year, the construction studies class when you're drawing details and you're drawing like a, a vermin closer, a vermin closer or a cavity batten. I had no idea what those things looked like really in 3D. And then I went to... Uh, Wellington Hospital and one of my jobs was doing some QA of the facade to make sure everything was in place and then I was like oh that's that line that I've been drawing that's what a cavity batten really looks like so it was really helpful for me for my studies as well. At Fletcher's they, they really valued 
um, young people with initiative and um, Gazelle obviously had a lot of initiative and they were very welcoming. Um, they had a graduate cadetship program and they often had internships with, you know, there were engineers from consulting offices come and spend some time. And their overall philosophy was if we can educate our consultants into you know better details and better design. It's going to be better for the whole industry. And so that's why they're uh, very welcoming. But um, to have someone with some brains and attitude and initiative was just, you know, a, a whole package. And, and Gazelle showed a lot of that. And so it was just a, it was just easy for the team to include her because they really wanted her there more than, you know, more than she could get if if she ever said to them, "Could I? Do you think I should stop my studies and just work here?" They'd say yes. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, it never came to that. <laughs> but um, they would have grabbed her um, wholeheartedly and did when you know when she graduated. We never expected that she would not want to work in an architecture firm and come over to um, to the construction side. But we were quite lucky because we had Philippa as well, who had um, done a, a similar sort of architecture degree and then then work in project management so yeah it was that was a great site yeah it really was a great site and I did have a lot of role models there so it was it was a really great structure that job there was a lot of people with a lot of experience and um they always paired up with someone that had no experience so there was always mother ducks and ducklings (laughs) so you learned a lot from that and and Gazelle tell us was there a was there a moment in those years four and five when you thought your pathway had changed and you weren't going to follow some traditional route of becoming going to an architecture office and chasing registration and, and that pathway and looking to what Fletcher's might have had to offer? Um, I did take a while to sort of make my decision, and by a while I mean probably like the summer holidays of the final of final year, um, and I did make some inquiries around different architectural practices and actually within Fletcher's um, the project manager Tom Ellis introduced me to architects and said hey this is something that you could be doing and here's some other options and so everyone was really helpful but they also laid out um, what a cadetship would be like and I so um, deeply enjoyed my time at Fletcher's as a student that it was really not a difficult decision to make and I always thought even if I even if I found out that I wasn't enjoying myself in a couple of years, two years of construction knowledge is, is pretty powerful to have behind you instead of um, wandering straight out of university and doing some drafting at an architectural practice. Uh, so it was, it was an easy decision to make in the end. This episode is proudly sponsored by Jib Plasterboard, your local plasterboard manufacturer. Jib Plasterboard offers a wide range of training programs and technical help for lining installation, fire resistance performance, noise control, wet area systems, and rigid air barrier solutions. Please call the Jib Helpline team on 0800 100 442 for technical support or register for a training session at jib.co.nz slash training and events. It sounds like Fletcher had a great organisational culture that embraced and allowed that to happen. Tell us a bit more about the cadetship. What did they put you through and where? To, and what sort of options did you have to progress out of that within Fletcher's? Uh, so the cadetship was about a three-year programme and the idea was that you'd be taken through six-month stints of every part of the business. So um, project supervision, project coordination, document control, estimating, quantity surveying, programming, 
plant management. So it was it was a really structured three-year or two-and-a-half or three-year program, and it took you to all aspects of the business. You worked on different construction sites. And for me, it, it sort of culminated in starting to look after my own project from a very small project, which was a seismic strengthening job in a sort of car park building, filling in concrete, um, and then eventually a larger job, which was actually just down the road there on the terrace. Um, sort of that's that's where I ended up then as, as in the project management, take you into sort of any path, QS, um, estimator, programmer. Yeah, there's a lot and, of options. And many many cadets along with you? I think there was probably um, at least four or five cadets at a time. And um, most of them I'm still very close with, see on a regular basis. That's great. Mm. And, and Stacey, you were with Fletcher's for quite a while. Yep, yep, just about um, 25 years. So that was yeah, quite handy to, I worked part-time for about 15 years, um, raising my sons on and off. Uh, I always uh, loved to go to work and then I always loved to, uh, to come back home. So I was lucky enough to um, split my week you know, able to do a range of things, things that we weren't sure if a, if a part-time, uh, you know, role could, could cope with and that we weren't sure about whether I could work on site. Um, but in the end, we were so short-staffed that the fact that I was only there for five hours a, week, a day um, was still a hell of a lot better than nothing. So we, we made it work. And, and the same with estimating. We thought, no, you have to be a full-time full um, staffer to be in estimating. But when we were so resourced, you know, we'll take five hours, just, you know, give us something. So I was able to uh, move and flex and... And Fletcher's was a great organisation that it was a lot of give and take. You know, you, you worked late sometimes, but if you had to go and attend, a, you know, a Christmas school thing, you know, you just zipped out and did that. So, Sounds like a very accommodating, flexible company. Yeah, I was only there for 25 years yeah. and I was considered some of the young stuff. Either that or it's my delusional. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I imagine that in your time you helped shape that culture. Yeah, absolutely. Stacey did help shape that culture because she automatically was this uh, role model and mentor for um, any of the younger people coming through. She uh, took everyone under the under her wing. Really, a lot of people under her wing. And now, now I'm kind of like a proud auntie, um, and I see these graduates, these cadets who are now just booming in their their roles and gazelle and going into meetings and um, meeting others who are clients and just um, super proud of the grounding that we were able to give you know people in the industry is really is a really great source of pride for me and, and Stacy who were your mentors in your early career um well I didn't really have too many and I had some blokes who were, before we knew what the word champion was, um, who, you know, championed me and supported me, but we didn't really know what mentoring was. And I didn't really know that I needed one. I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be a good QS as best as I could be. And the fact that I was a female, I really hoped didn't matter. Um, I just wanted to be judged on what I could do, not what I either looked like. Um, I, was, I was telling Gazelle um, a, a while back that my maiden name is Chi. I'm half Chinese, and I went to a, a job interview and um, in Sydney for one of my first jobs as a QS. 
And they said, oh, I, I can tell by your surname that you're of Asian descent. And I said, yes, I'm half Chinese, actually. And I was going from full-time uni um, in Sydney to part-time uni and part-time work. And they said, oh, well, because of that, I think, you know, you should be able to do full-time work and full-time uni. And it's like, are you crazy? I'm a, <laughs> you know, I'm a Kiwi who wants to do stuff. So I didn't enjoy the fact that People wanted to generalise me on on an appearance, or in this case, just a surname. So um, I never took that job. Yeah, good for you. But um, I suppose that's where our National Association of Women in Construction came about because I was working in Fletcher's with lots of blokes, and I wanted to to talk to more women. And that's where I met Gina Jones, who was an architect on a project. And um, Gina has been closest thing to a, a role model, albeit she's not a QS, but, you know, she's an experienced person in the industry and really supportive of when I did have a year off for each kid, I would just, um, we lived in the same suburbs, I was able to walk over and, and still do the, the women in construction um, organisation just in, in small projects. So what I really wanted to do was kind of find more women who might have been a bit lonely, like I was. My husband was a soldier. He was away a lot. I was in a new city. I was in a new job. And I just wanted to make some friends. So I suppose I started Nowak to make some friends. The best way. <laughs> Completely selfish. But, um, wow, what an amazing what an amazing group of women I have met. You know, it's been such a privilege to meet these women from all aspects of, of the industry. And I'm constantly blown away by uh, how, how talented and, um, yeah, and generous they are. So um, it's, it's been, um, you know, a really fantastic 25 or so years. My first baby, really. Well, I have to say, as you know, I've always been a big fan of of, of Nowak. I think as an organisation, the things I was asked to do with you 20 years ago and the activities I saw you do, and but mostly what I was witnessed or observed was this really committed, caring organisation that had a, um, a, a real focus on its members. So um, tell us a bit more about how you started Nowak and, and where it's at now. Well, it was really getting together with Gina and I had approached the Institute of Connie Surveyors to meet the Connie Surveyors in Wellington. You know, I wanted to, to meet some more people and there was about um, six female QSs at the time. It's like, oh, that's not very many. I need to meet more than that. So we put a call out to the architects and the engineers and, and that's where we started. And we had a fantastic startup event at Jacobson's and Helen Tippett was there, Professor Helen Tippett. And everyone was saying, this is really great. What are you going to do next? It's like, well, I don't I don't know. I don't know what, what to do next. And Helen kind of said, well, there's an organisation that's just started up in, in Melbourne, Australia, um, called National Association of Women in Construction. I think you should go there and... Um, and develop that and join that organisation and be part of it. And so that's what we did. And, you know, we started in Wellington and now we're in seven different locations with, you know, 1,300 um, members and just, you know, we've got awards. I mean, you know, you were part of the fun stuff that we did with our big debates and, you know, the one wonder, one blunder, one bargain, yep. one jargon stuff that we did. So all of a sudden, a, a lot of us have said, you know, art exhibitions, we do our regular job. Remember when we did that art exhibition, Gazelle, it's kind of, you do that 
you do that stuff that you do at work, but then we were able to have an ability to be curators of an art exhibition. Yeah, I could never turn Stacey down, so I found myself um, in a photography exhibition being photographed <laughs> and all sorts of other weird things. But it was really cool. Great to see the result. Yeah, I do like to encourage people to do things a little bit out of their comfort zone and Gazelle has um, has been an example of that on many occasions, many occasions. But um, I have to do it too. I, I can't ask someone to do something I'm not willing to do. And, uh, yeah, I never really liked my photo, but um, always like Gazelle's photo. But, yeah, um, it's it's meant that I've had my, you know, my working paid career, been able to do a lot of other things. Um, uh, we'll pick up on this a bit more. We're going to have a break in it uh, shortly. But uh, um, what I'm interested in, or what I'm observing, is that you know, as we encourage more young women to think about careers in construction, as broad as that is, it's great that beyond that, there's not just the industry to work in, but there's actually a community to belong to. Because I think that um, you know, the isolation that you can experience starting out can be um, quite tough. And so um, I'm just blown away by 1,300 members. Oh, that's just an extraordinary size organisation. I think there'd be some other professional organisations that are that you're already well past in the terms of membership. Yeah. So um, do you find a lot of interest from different construction sectors? Yes, so we kind of open our membership to anybody who has um, an association with construction. So that means that we can get people who uh, might provide like recruitment services for construction because ultimately we want the construction industry to be, to be a better place. So if those recruitment um, staffers can have a wee bit of a better understanding of what makes up the construction process, then we're all going to get better people allocated. So that's the kind of the overall theme is making it better for everyone. But the belonging is, is really important is, you know, there are some women in some locations who don't feel like they belong or implied that they're, they're not. And we really want to bust that and say, you know, um, join us. So, you know, we've got suppliers and technical reps and a whole lot of peripheral construction um, experts. You know, they're all experts. And, you know, we want to say, come and jump in our walker and, and you know, we all want to paddle in the right direction and that's to get more, more and more young women. And we've seen that happen. Thanks for listening to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building.